Hello, this is Jeff Otis, partner at Evergreen, and you're listening to Coffee with Evergreen on the Evergreen Exchange. I hope you enjoy this 20-minute conversation between myself and Evergreen senior analyst, Garman Howell. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, listener, this episode requires an extra disclosure. All views and opinions expressed by any guest of the podcast are solely the individual's views and do not necessarily reflect the views of Evergreen Golf Cal. Evergreen Golf Cal's clients may hold securities mentioned in this podcast at any given time. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions or be considered investment advice. Enjoy the episode. All right. Well, I'm joined today by Evergreen Senior Analyst, Garman Howell. And Garman, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I feel like the David Letterman of Evergreen, you know, hosting hosting guests on a periodic basis. And this might be the last one of 2021. So thanks for, for helping us out here at the finish line. Yeah, of course. Happy to help. So we're going to go uh, three quick questions. We're going to keep this one short. Uh, but I wanted to, before we jump into next year, uh, why don't you give us a quick recap of 2021? Like specifically, what are the three main takeaways from this year? Sure. Um, I think I'd start with, in general, you know, people and kind of society as a whole have been pretty resilient overall, um, really since the onset of COVID. People have really learned how to how to live, how to do business, um, how to, you know, visit with family in, in a relatively safe way. Um, and so, you know, kind of the, the biggest takeaway for me for 2021 is how resilient and healthy the consumer is. And uh, despite quite the large shock that we felt in 2020, you know, if you look at overall consumer debt service ratios, they're down below where they were in 2019 and they're down uh, below from where they were even in 2007 before the great financial crisis. So um, in general, the consumer balance sheet is, is very healthy. Of course, a lot of that has, has to do with uh, the stimulus that's been pumped in and that kind of brings about its own uh, questions and concerns. But in general, I think, um, the consumer is very healthy um, and kind of sets us up hopefully well um, for a, a good 2022. Um, I think the other kind of biggest takeaway I would say is, you know, from an investing point of view is management teams and, you know, kind of employees in general really matter in kind of a tough market. You know, we've had countless shortages and and just in general um, kind of delays and, and issues throughout the supply chain. Um, and I think, you know, just about around uh, across the board, um, the businesses that have succeeded, especially from a stock price perspective, um, have been the ones that have had the kind of the most proactive management teams, ones that are flexible and kind of able to take um, any issue and, and turn it around and, and still come through for the consumer. And I think that's that's especially acute in tough uh, situations like, um, you know, when you have supply chain issues like we've had this throughout this year. Um, and then the last one, you know, as I, I touched on a little bit, we've had a, a few supply chain disruptions throughout the year. And, you know, some of them I think will prove to be temporary. Um, you know, a lot of the goods that are sitting in the ports, those will eventually flow through the economy. And some are a little bit more structural, you know, 
especially when you look at you know kind of the energy markets um, you know a lot of a lot of capital is flowing out of that sector at a time when inventories continue to be drawn down the oil demand is still high demand for natural gas is still high um, and so those those kinds of shortages could be a little bit more structural at least in the next um, you know one to three years um, before a supply uh, response uh, comes through um, but I think those are kind of the big highlights that I, I would say um, that we've seen in 2021. I'm happy to touch on any of those if, if you want a, a little bit more detail. No, I think for me, one thing that really stands out, markets in general, and I think yours is a really good recap um, of things impacting the market, but one huge takeaway for me in 2021 is just the divergence of returns from stocks uh, and bonds. You know, I think finally starting to see some of the cracks in the system uh, in regards to interest rates and what bond yields are and what kind of returns investors are getting from from the two. So you had another year, right, of double-digit equity returns, you know, even yeah. even when in the, maybe in the face of it early on, there's a lot of people that that said hold on to your hold on to your seats, right? Uh, after a pretty robust 2020, um, and yet here we are, you know, another big up year for equity markets, and then uh, in some cases, depending on which indexes you're you're following, uh, bond uh, returns actually being slightly negative on the year, right? So really uh, different paths for for different investors uh, that I think set up uh, for for further discussion. Ahead ahead of you know correct asset mix right playbook you know how to navigate the things that we're that we're encountering um, but I do want to shift attention a bit to next year so let's talk a little bit about maybe some drivers maybe like three key drivers that you see uh, impacting markets going into next year yeah absolutely um you know, I think, you know, it, it's nothing new and, you know, none of the listeners are going to listen to this and say it's very profound, but, you know, ultimately what COVID does and how it uh, kind of continues to progress. I think the latest wave is, you know, it's obviously concerning. You never want to see um, any kind of spike like that um, when it, you know, refers to a disease um, and overall infections. But I think the, the overall hospitalization rate is well below what we saw in the Delta variant. Um, you know, all the, the studies that we've been seeing although it's still early on, have indicated that the, the new variant will be relatively mild. Um, and I, you know, I hope that that continues to be the case. Um, I think, you know, the, the lifting of some restrictions is, is kind of an indication that it may be a little bit more mild than the previous variants and it could be on its way out, um, knock on wood there. But, you know, when you get a, a shorter isolation period, if you get infected, different isolation period, um, you know, uh, restrictions, um, if you're in contact with someone who has COVID, things like that will generally kind of baby step our way into what will probably be a, a new normal. Um, you know, I'm not sure that disinfecting various materials um, and, you know, hand sanitizers will kind of go back to where they were pre-COVID. But I think in general, life will start to drift towards that more normal normal way of life that we saw, you know, in 2019. And I think that's the biggest uh, kind of wild card at this point. If, if this variant is more mild um, and we continue to drift towards normality, um, then I think economic growth will be will be fairly strong um, in the U.S. And, and kind of abroad, depending on how uh, they've handled and um, handled COVID in general. Um, so that's kind of the biggest one I'd look out for is, you know, make sure that, you know, your 
comfortable with the COVID news, make sure that, you know, you're not seeing anything that's that's concerning. I think in general, we're hopeful that um, this variant will kind of be the last one before, last major one before we, we kind of uh, limp towards um, this being more in our rear view um, than than in the front front of us. Well, I hope you're right on that. Uh, yeah, I'm sure many listeners do. And the other one is inflation. You know, it, that's something that we had uh, quite a bit of, of of talk on earlier in the year. It, it sort of subsided um, kind of midway through the year as the new wave of uh, the new Delta variant um, kind of spiked up. But I think, you know, in general, there's there's two camps. Um, there's one camp that says that inflation will be a very persistent uh, component uh, going forward, at least in the next, you know, two to five years, and inflation being elevated in terms of, uh, of both historical and in general, uh, a little bit more of a pain for consumers and businesses. And then there's another camp that says, you know what, you know, there's there's some of this elevated inflation numbers that we've seen this year have been a result as a result of the base effect. So, Essentially, we had a very big deflationary shock in 2020, COVID, and you know, as a result, uh, the the year following, so 2021 numbers, will naturally be a little bit more elevated. Um, I think it's still too early to say which camp is you know quote unquote correct, but I think in general, I think what you want to kind of keep an eye out for is is to make sure that the the temporary inflation um, drivers, so you know things like product shortages, port delays, all that you know stuff. That starts to subside slowly, and those prices start to normalize. And then kind of the more permanent inflationary um, factors like wage increases uh, don't continue to, to increase at their current rate, um, which could you know, eventually become a problem. Um, I think at the moment, as I mentioned, still too early to see which which direction it's going to head into. Um, but I think you know a lot of these factors will start to play out kind of midway through 2022, and that's kind of where you'll see in which direction the markets kind of head. Whether they'll say, okay, you know, inflation was a bit of a problem, but uh, we're now working through them and on the path to kind of a more normal normal route normal inflation rate, or they say, well, you know, inflation may be here much longer than we thought, and it might be a little higher than we thought, you know, we might need to be a little bit more concerned. But I think in general, that's kind of something that you want to keep an eye out for in 2022. You know, in general, you don't want to see a very large spike of inflation um, in any economy, really. Then the last one I would say is uh, market breadth uh, start to widen out. I think especially in the last you know six months or so, we've seen very few market participants continue to increase while others have suffered. Um, so if you look at overall breadth, you know the top ten holdings uh, or members of the S and P now account for uh, roughly 32% of the index, which is much higher than any other uh, period in history. And the top ten obviously having uh, a much richer valuation. So, you know, in general, those are pretty high-quality companies. You know, the Microsofts, Apple, Google, um, those are kind of the main culprits there. So they're not exactly junky businesses. But I think in general and throughout 2022, you'll start to see those that have been, you know, for lack of a better word, crushed in 2021, um, I think those businesses that have, you know, kind of healthy earnings growth, healthy sales growth, too, too punished by, you know, whatever inflationary pressures they have, um, they'll start to, to kind of rebound um, at a healthy, gro- healthy clip um, and, and really start to 
to kind of widen out the S&P's growth. So I guess, you know, a, a short way of saying that is it's going to be a lot harder to just sit in an index and enjoy, you know, 20-plus percent growth year over year. Um, I think you're going to have to be a little bit more selective in, in kind of where you put your money, um, whether that be in sector ETFs or just individual names in general. But I think those are kind of the three main uh, things that I'm looking out for right now um, heading into into the new year. Well, good stuff there. I mean, if this was the section of the David Letterman show when I when I had the you know like I'm walking the streets interviewing random people on the three the three key drivers for 2022, I think I would hear from most uh, COVID and inflation. I think those would be maybe number one, number two on the boards for many, even the average person. Uh, I don't know if market breath would have been on the list for everyone, but I am gonna gonna go back to uh, to 2020. To you again, again, uh, you know, it, if there was something like I'm trying to, what's what is what is not on people's radars right now? This this would be final question. Is there anything that that people should be paying attention to but are not? Meaning, you know, is there anything that's kind of simmering under the view of most that you think people should put on their radar? Yeah, it's a good question, and I think you know a lot of it has to do with with kind of what happened post COVID. Most companies kind of canceled a lot of orders, assumed that demand would go down sharply, and you know they weren't necessarily wrong about that. That's that's a very scary time for a business. But what tends to happen is you know if a business um, or I guess. A, Industry-wide, if, if many businesses start to cancel orders, reduce their orders um, to various suppliers, and then realize that, hey, you know what, demand's actually pretty good. I, I would actually want my original order back, and maybe a little more. Um, demand's being a little, you know, coming in a little stronger than I thought. You know, that tends to happen um, when everyone does it, um, and as a result, um, there's a lot of double orderings, trying to, you know, be a priority for your supplier. What ends up happening, um, you know, 18, 24 months down the road is all these businesses receive those orders and they're sitting on inventory they don't necessarily need anymore. Obviously, that's a that's a very deflationary force there, but I don't hear too many uh, market pundits or even kind of analysts in general concerned about the potential for uh, kind of an inventory overload um, in the back half of 2022 and heading into 2023. Um, I think in general, you know, companies have, have struggled to get inventory throughout the year, um, and I think that environment's ripe for, for kind of over-ordering for, for a, a variety of reasons. But I think that's one thing I'm, I'm a little concerned about heading into 2022. Um, we should start to see whether that, you know, starts to, to become an actual impact on the market um, throughout the year. Um, but as of right now, you know, it's, it's pretty quiet on that front. I don't think there's too many people concerned about that. Um, but I'm definitely um, trying to keep an eye on it with both businesses that we kind of cover in our business and just in general looking at it and anecdotally walking through stores and stuff. So I guess that's one thing I haven't really heard too much about, but, you know, is a, is a bit of a concern for me. So, yeah, I guess that's the one one I don't think people are paying enough attention to. Maybe it's maybe it's too early. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll give them that. 
Well, we'll have to keep an eye out. Uh, inventory levels, I like it. Uh, and, and for many, I'm sure I can say you've heard it here first. So uh, I really appreciate your time today. We're going to get you out of here on, on with a bonus question. Uh, now that we're going into a new year, we're turning the page into 2022. Do you, are you a guy that goes uh, with New Year's resolutions? And if so, do you have any uh, that you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I think we all try to try to make a couple resolutions heading into the new year. Um, I think for me, especially kind of in the the Pacific Northwest here, I'd like to get out into into the mountains a little bit more and kind of explore the area. I moved back a couple of years ago, so looking forward to to hopefully being able to kind of explore the the area and enjoy the the pretty fantastic nature we have uh, very close to us. What about you, Jeff? I've got to throw it right back at you. That's a good one. Um, you know, for me, father of four kids, I think I'm just really hoping that, that 2022 brings a sense of normal again. I mean, normal, what is normal anymore? It seems like, you know, at least us here in the Seattle area, you know, I, we have to show our, our vaccination card just to get a seat at a restaurant, right? And we're still dealing with that almost two years later. Uh, and, and, you know, did you get vaccinated? Did you get double vaccinated? Did you get boosted? You know, have your kids gotten vaccinated? I mean, all this pressure from society all the time to do your part and, you know, there's this hope that we still cling on to that if I just do this and if I just do that, if my kids just do this, if we just sacrifice a little bit more, then it'll be worth it. And eventually we'll be, we'll be able to get past this. So I guess I'm, I'm still feeling like I really, really am looking forward to life with this all in the rearview mirror, you know, being able to go to kids' sports games and not have them, you know, have to compete with masks on or, or, or like make sure that they have their masks on before they get on the bus to go to school. I mean, things like that, you're just like, man, I I cannot believe we're dealing with this still almost two years later. Uh, obviously, really appreciative to all the, to all the you know scientists and everybody putting in all the long hours to put our, our society in a position to maybe hopefully get over the, over the top of this once and for all. Um, but yeah, that's probably that's probably my biggest New Year's resolution is just hopefully for you know a sense of calm and, and a return of normal for for many. So something to look forward to. Uh, so, anyways, we'll wrap up now uh, with the final podcast. I'm sure for 2021, uh, we started doing these earlier this year. Really appreciate all of our listeners uh, for for joining uh, on this journey. It's been fun for us to have so many different guests uh, participate. Whether it's whether it's you or Jeff Dix or, or Louis Gov, uh, Katie Versio has been on the planning side. We've been able to interview Kelly Sterling, I believe, a few times on the tax side. Uh, even um, you know, so we and even having Tyler Hay. Uh, you you know, so we've got a lot of interesting perspectives and guests that we've then, um, and I, I, you know, I listen to these and, I, and I'm like, man, that's that's so good. You know, what it's really good content to get a variety of different opinions from so many different members of our team, um, and I think really kind of tell the story behind the scenes a bit for those that that are either clients of ours and just love hearing kind of some of the internal discussions that we're already having as a team uh, all the time, anyways. You know, whether it's in the conference room or more and more these days uh, through through you know, through Teams or, or through Zoom. And so, anyways, I really appreciate your time and everybody else who's been willing to jump on with us. And, again, for, for the listeners who have, have jo- jumped on this evergreen train, this evergreen exchange train with us, and, and uh, you know, we, we appreciate your time and, and your attention uh, to, to these. And we're going to try to do our best uh, to keep them interesting and informative uh, and, and diversify them with a variety of different opinions and different topics
mistakes along the way. So uh, look forward to another round of these uh, going into next year. And, uh, you know, happy holidays to everyone. Wish you and your family a very safe uh, and prosperous year ahead. So thanks again. Evergreen GovCal is a wealth management firm with offices in Bellevue, Washington, Portland, Oregon, and California's Bay Area. We provide investment management, tax compliance, family office, and retirement planning services. Evergreen is accepting applications for new clients who align with our firm's investment and planning approach. If you think you might be a fit with us, follow the link in the show notes to fill out our prospective client compatibility survey.